Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Log on to PearlRiverResort.com to learn more about all that's happening at Pearl River Resort. We, as always, would love to hear from you. The C Spire text line is open. 601 879 Four three nine five. That's the number for you to be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line. C Spire, customer inspired. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. We are glad to safely be with you this afternoon. I was going through Twitter a little while ago and saw that there was a, a tweet from M Dot, and this may have been earlier in the day. Um, actually, it was on the Super Talk News Twitter feed. Uh, M Dot. Reporting ice on roads and bridges in 75 Mississippi counties. Last check, we've only got 82 counties in the state. So my guess is, if you're on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> otherwise, I could probably name them. Yeah. Otherwise, be really careful out there. Just this should be common sense, but but just a couple of reminders. If you have ice and snow all over your windshield. Get it off before you start driving. I was driving to the studio just a few minutes ago, and there was a, it was an SUV. It was a a bigger SUV, maybe a Tahoe or a Yukon or something like that. And there was a clear space on the windshield directly in front of where the driver would be, and a little bit of a clear space on the windshield directly in front of where the passenger would be, and the rest of it had like four inches of ice and snow on the windshield. Friends, that's a bad idea. You might need to be able to see more, especially in conditions like this, than directly in front of you. So don't be a moron. Find a scraper, find something to get the ice and the snow off of your windshield. Give yourself a little extra time. Turn the defroster on high. Give it ten minutes. It'll melt most of it off, and your windshield wipers can do their work. Just common sense. You probably should be able to see out of your entire windshield when you take off to drive, especially on a day when the roads are in bad condition. That's number one. Number two, slow down. Just slow down. 
you cannot be in a hurry. If you are in a hurry and you try to drive faster than you should with snow and ice on the road, there is a very good chance, maybe even more than a 50-50 chance, that it's going to end up taking you longer to get to the place that you wanted to go because you're going to end up in a ditch or a median, and you're either going to have to call a tow truck or rely on a good Samaritan to pull you out, and it's going to slow your process down. So if you will slow down, you can avoid it. If you have four-wheel drive, you should probably use it. It's a good time. What's the point in having four-wheel drive if you're not going to use it in a time like this? You don't need to be in four-low. Four-high is good if you've got an all-wheel drive vehicle. But that doesn't mean you can go fast. It just means that you're going to have more traction while going at a safe speed on the road. Can you drive if you don't have four-wheel drive? Sure you can. But you better really take it slow. A front-wheel drive car is okay. Just don't get in too big of a hurry. And finally, the last piece of advice, give yourself longer to stop than you normally would. If normally when you come to a stoplight and you see a car that is stopped at the stoplight, like I saw on my way to the studio, there was a truck that was stopped at the stoplight, and a smaller car did not give themselves time to stop, and they collided into the back left taillight of the truck in front of them, And now both of you are slowed down even more, and it's going to cost you money that you maybe weren't planning to spend when you woke up and got out of bed this morning. Give yourself more room to stop. I said that was the last one. This is one that you probably should know, but if you haven't driven on snow or ice, now you need to know. If you find yourself in a swerve, like the back end of your car is fishtailing, there are two things that instinctively you want to do. Number one, you want to turn the wheel, and number two, you want to hit the brakes. Don't do either of those. If you hit the brakes, it needs to be a light tap at best, but what you really should do is just take your foot off the accelerator and steer into the swerve. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you're fishtailing and the back end of your vehicle is swerving to the right, then you turn the steering wheel to the right. It's kind of counterintuitive. But that is how you correct a fishtail or a swerve when you are on icy or snowy conditions. Same way you do it if you're in the mud. Like Maybe that's more familiar to some, but probably if you know how to drive in the mud, you know how to drive in the ice as well. So just a few pointers that hopefully will make your day a little bit better, uh, better if you have to get out. Um, Clown on the uh, ceasefire text line says, Driver's Education with Richard Cross, brought to you by Polk Sausage. Yeah, okay, uh, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with just a few pointers, and I'm not talking down at all. Uh, somebody said windshield wipers were stuck this morning. Had to pry them in Jackson County. That's from Chad down at Van Cleef. Yeah, man. I did uh, that last every, night. Yeah. You got to kind of break them loose, and then you, you can knock the ice off the blades. It's going to be a uh, better solution. Yeah. So, sat in the parking lot here at the studio for about, about 20 minutes, letting my window defrost before I could get back on the road. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just just be careful. Try to try to use some common sense, and uh, don't try to be a hero necessarily when you're driving in uh, in rough conditions. Uh, it's good to be with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, on this uh, this Tuesday afternoon. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. All right, so Haydad, you're in Starkville. You got uh, mm-hmm. some some icy conditions overnight. It's kind of a thin yeah. layer. It looked like on everything. Yeah, it's just all the roads are ice, so. 
said, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero like me who walked here to the studio across a sheet of ice to come and do this show with y'all today. Well, Not all honestly, heroes wear capes, but they do wear two jackets. Borky, don't you really feel like, honestly, deep down, Brian Haydad deserves a, to thank us? You see, I deserve to thank you. Yeah, see, Haydad has been on this this health mission for well over a year right now. And today <laughs> is a day where he would have looked outside and be like, nope, not today. Not going to do the big, long walk today. And yet, because of our encouragement, hey, man, we really want you on the show. We need you to be here. That's, is that how it went? Is that he, what he, the encouragement was? He, he got out, and he said, you know what, doggone it, I'm going to get my steps in and I'm just going to kill two birds with one stone, and I'm going to make it to work today as well. you got to find those uh, at-home uh, bodyweight workout videos on YouTube. There's a guy uh, that, that I follow. I, he, I, I'm not making this up. His name is Bully Juice. I don't know where that came from, but he is, uh, I mean, he does like these 15, 20, sometimes 30 minute to an hour, and you can scroll through his whole, whole feed, but they are the best at-home workouts, uh, you don't have to spend any money. You don't have to buy, like, P90X. You don't have to go to a gym. Uh, he has some with equipment, but you don't have equipment. It doesn't matter. I, I Like, I am uh, working out harder than I ever have in my living room at 6.30 in the morning with my iPad propped up with this guy's YouTube channel. It's incredible. So, if it's too cold, if you're out there, like, hey, Dad, and you, you spend time outside walking and stuff, and it's just it's 19 degrees and you can't, try that guy out. I mean, like my shoulders especially are sore after this morning's. So there's a little PSA for you. No, yeah, excuse, yeah. no excuses for those of you out there. Hey, Dad, don't tell Borky I'm not going to do that though. I would like I, to I see you him, do yeah. like the, the the really intense 30 minute one and just see how many days it takes to to recover from that. Oh, I, don't, I probably couldn't make it through 30 minutes of one. I'm it's active, intense, but it's not like uh, it's not like workout active. That's I think two different things, and uh, don't think Those are different things. Probably should, nah. definitely should. But uh, if you're it, active enough, you don't have to exercise, right? The uh, activity is the exercise. Hey, man, that's what I tell myself. That's what I, I tell myself. Got some activity, running up some hills today, and then sledding down them with yeah. uh, with Francis. So that was uh, that was fun. Jeff, that's my apologies. That's exercise. He says, was just listening to Richard's winter watch weather advice, and I forgot that I had a bag of popcorn in the microwave, and now the house smells like burnt popcorn. My apologies. At least, Easy Jeff, fix for that. Just pop another bag of popcorn. Then you get the regular smell of popcorn. You think that would overpower the smell it. of burnt coffee? I think it would overpack it. overpower it, yeah. Okay. Hey, at least... At least he didn't have a microwave in the car where he was trying to pop popcorn while driving down the road while driving on ice. True. That yeah. Would, see, that would have been a bad plan. And for goodness sake, I'm as guilty, I am more guilty than most. Texting, checking my phone, mm, whatever. Me too. T- today is today is not the day to do that. Just like you got to set it to the side or have Bluetooth if you're talking. Just Just be careful. Please be careful on the road if you're out there. We had two NFL football games yesterday. One of them was mostly decided when we went off the air, and then there was another game that uh, really turned out not to be all that competitive last night. But we have the division round of games set in the NFL. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. 
Mississippi with Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky is back. I'm all ears. Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. We get a question, any basketball games rescheduled or postponed or canceled? I'm assuming you're talking college basketball games because I don't know the answer to that for high school basketball. My assumption is lots and lots and lots of high school basketball games have been postponed or being uh, rescheduled. There was one change today for college basketball involving two SEC teams. Florida and Tennessee were scheduled to play later this evening. They are now tipping off in about 40 minutes. So Florida and Tennessee from Knoxville, where they got eight, nine inches of snow and ice, uh, will start at 5 o'clock Eastern time, 4 o'clock Central, the game is on ESPN two. If you uh, if you want to watch that this afternoon, so we'll have a little something to watch and keep up with while the show is going on. It's one of four games tonight in the SEC. The other three: Missouri at Alabama, six o'clock on the SEC Network, eight o'clock tonight on ESPNU. Georgia is at South Carolina, and uh, also at eight on the SEC Network. Texas A and M is at Arkansas. That is a big one for the Arkansas Razorbacks who are currently 0-3. We will talk more SEC hoops with Mark Wise from the SEC Network and ESPN. He's a college basketball analyst there, uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour a little bit later today. So we've got the division round now set as we had the final two playoff games yesterday. And while we were on the air, you had Bills and Steelers. And Buffalo was really good in that one. 31-17 was the final. The Bills get the win in frigid temperatures at home. Josh Allen effective throwing the football, 21-30 of with three touchdowns. Um, He had a passing touchdown to Dalton Kincaid, a passing touchdown to Khalil Shakir, and Dawson Knox caught one as well. And I did not realize this. Mike in Oxford sent us a, a bet slip yesterday. And he had bet that the first touchdown in the game would go to Dawson Knox. And it was a, a modest sum, but it was a really nice win. And he said that he thought that was easy money, that this is now four straight years where the first postseason touchdown for Buffalo has been Dawson Knox scoring. Do you guys realize that? Like not. prior to Mike sending us that message? It's like just one of those strange statistics and it's almost like would you bet on it again next year if it's happened four years in a row be like i don't know odds are it's not going to happen again and then boom it might just happen uh one more time so we'll uh we'll see um what'd you make of the win yesterday so josh allen was solid buffalo ran it for 179 yards they spread it around to a bunch of different receivers and really just looked like the elements didn't bother them much at all no Better team, better quarterback, no, all that. Yeah. Just not a very surprising result. Pittsburgh has just been 
I mean, they've just kind of been treading water the past few years with Mike Tomlin to the point where, you know, I know a lot of Steeler fans, and if, if they were to move on from him, nobody would be overly sad about it. Um, and then the Bills are just, the Bills are kind of the hottest team in football. You know, they, they started out slow this year to a point where you were getting like the what's wrong with the Bills kind of commentary, uh, but they have gotten it figured out now. And now for the first time, this weekend, this is an incredible stat for me. They will welcome the Chiefs in, the first ever road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. He has never played on the road in the playoffs, home or Super Bowl only. It's wow. Un- unreal stat there. Yeah, no Watt, either no quarterback, no Watt for, for Pittsburgh. And Tomlin was asked about his contract last night, and halfway through the question he just uh, like ran off the, the stage behind the podium, wouldn't answer it, and then today turns out he's going to return. Hasn't won a playoff game in Pittsburgh in almost a decade. Mm. Now, he's been good for a long time. He's won Super Bowl, all that. But, man, if you don't have a playoff win in a decade, it doesn't matter what you did longer than that, right? I mean, it's a wins-now business in anything in high-level sports. And you haven't won a playoff game in, in nine years? Nine years you haven't won a playoff game? Dennis Allen is closer then Nolan is at this rate. It's, it's crazy. The the question, it, it was, the person didn't even get to the, the crux of the question. It's like, uh, Mike, you've got one year left on your contract. And when he heard that, when he heard the word contract, he turned and walked off the stage and never looked back. Like, not talking about it. But he's and, coming back, I guess. Yeah. To your point about Buffalo being hot down the stretch, hey, Dad, five in a row to close mm-hmm. out the regular season, six of the last seven. And if you include the win yesterday, that's uh, that's six in a row and seven of the last eight for Buffalo overall uh, with a 31-17 win. And now I get the Chiefs coming in, two teams that uh, seem to handle the elements just fine, uh, projected to be like 20 degrees on Sunday night in Buffalo, which will feel balmy to the Kansas City players. After playing in uh, what, basically single-digit temperatures where the windshield yeah. was minus thirty, minus twenty-seven, something like that, so um, it'll, it'll feel a good bit warmer to uh, to them. Who's got the edge in that game? Do you give Mahomes and Kansas City the edge because of what they've done, or you you say eh, this is this is Josh Allen and Buffalo's time? You know, you know, I like I have my little three pronged system, right? So, better coach is is Kansas City. This is Andy Reid's the better coach. Okay. It's on the road, so or it's on it's in Buffalo, so they would get an advantage. Who has the better quarterback? It's tight. I, I, I lean Mahomes, but Allen is playing at a really high level right now. So, I mean, this is as close to a pick 'em as I can give you. I, I I really don't have a strong lean one way or the other. No, no result will surprise me. I am extremely excited for this game. I mean, there's big lines uh, for for this weekend anyway. The lines are are big. Uh, yeah, they are. They are. It, you, you're not going to get one close game and three blowouts. You're, you're going to get another really exciting game. But man, I I could not imagine being more excited about any of the other three uh, besides this one. I mean, the, the the highest team in the NFL, Buffalo. Hopefully, we get a little bit of snow. Not enough to like ruin the quality of the game, but just enough for the aesthetics. You know, just a little bit of snow falling, 
And I mean, Josh Allen has been praised and praised and praised and praised, and it's kind of time for him to take that praise and turn it into real, like Super Bowl contending slash winning results. He's been quite good. Don't get me wrong, but th- th- this is a game you got to win if you're going to be the guy that everybody thinks that you are. And I think that he is that guy. But you need to win this weekend. Both teams went eleven and six this year. Buffalo was seven and two at home. Kansas City was six and two on the road. Remember, they played the uh, the one game in Germany. Um, Buffalo is favored. They are a two and a half point home favorite over Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. So the other lines that Borky was alluding to, so the first game of the weekend is Texans at Ravens, and Baltimore is a nine-point favorite. Packers at 49ers on Saturday night. San Francisco is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The afternoon game on Sunday is Bucks at Lions. Detroit a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that. And then we mentioned the night game on uh, on Sunday, Chiefs at Bills, where Buffalo is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Look, th- this little nugget gets you absolutely nothing. But it does, I think, point to the difference in the NFL and college football, especially when you get to the postseason. Because in the postseason in college football, you have some pretty pretty lopsided lines sometimes. And the point totals vary pretty wildly. The point total, the over-under variation in these four games is six. The lowest over-under is Texans-Ravens. It's 44-and-a-half. The highest is Packers 49ers. It's 50 and a half. The Bucks Lions total is 48 and a half. And the Chiefs Bills total is 46 and a half. It's crazy how close those four are to each other. Mm-hmm. You got eight teams, four different games, eight different styles, different weather conditions in, in all the places. So, what? You, you've got Baltimore, where it's probably going to be cold. San Francisco, where it's going to be, yeah, not bad. Uh, Detroit, where it's in a dome. And Buffalo, where it's going to be 20. And the point total for those four games varies by a total of six. I don't know. I I just thought that was curious. Yeah. Parody is such an overused word, but does that kind of speak to the parody? And the similarity out there in the NFL. NFL. And and I'm with Russ, by the way. I want a Bills-Lions Super Bowl. That's what I want. I mean, the, the people of Detroit just wouldn't know what to do. I, I don't know that they know what to do if they get one more win in the playoffs. If they were to get two more wins and take this thing all the way to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Good, good for them if it happens. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We're back with you right after this. Ladies, I have an announcement to make. Sports Talk Mississippi with Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky is back. Super duper. Thanks. Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Got something I need to share with you, and it's unfortunate, but I want to give you a heads up. Uh, you will not hear us talking as much for a little while about our friends at Genteel. Genteel Apparel has been an incredible partner for us and for this show for, ooh, coming up on two years now, and they're going to be back. But if you go to their website, you will see a message on the website. Our office and warehouse suffered significant damage during Winter Storm Jerry. While we are fortunate the building was empty at the time and that we are all safe, we must temporarily stop accepting new orders and are experiencing delays with our current delivery schedule. We're working tirelessly to resume full operations and apologize for the inconvenience. Now, Blake told me I could tell you what happened, so I, I just want to I want to share this with you. I don't want, if you go to their website, for you to be like, oh, gosh, man, are they going out of business? They are not. So you know about the winter storm that came through Mississippi. They are in a, a relatively new space. They've been there for less than a year, and the roof of their new building collapsed right down the middle and it basically there was basically like a beam that came down through the middle of all of their racks of inventory and it caused their sprinkler system to trigger and like turn the back of their warehouse into a lake and so not only is the building not even safe to get in and assess the damage they got to wait on insurance and figure out all the things that are going on they are moving rapidly to find a new space for operations. And so I will put this out there, a little atypical for us to do this, but it could could potentially be helpful to Genteel. If you have or you know someone that has warehouse space in North Mississippi, preferably within about a 30 to 50-mile radius of Oxford, because that's where their headquarters is right now. So Pontotoc, New Albany, Tupelo, Tate County, DeSoto County would kind of be on the edge of as far as they would need to go, or, or even south. I mean, Yellowbush County, uh, you get the idea. So so within 45 minutes or so of Oxford, they are looking for a new space to immediately be able to resume their operations. They've got all of their spring inventory coming in. They've got retail places across the state that they've got to, uh, all across the entire southeast and the country that they've got to service. Plus, their online op- operations are uh, are currently paused. So, if you happen to know of any warehouse space that's available, or you have some yourself that is leasable, preferably with a loading dock, but that's not a deal killer one way or the other, then reach out to us. You, you can do it on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. You want to shoot me an email, you can do that, richard at supertalk.fm. If you have something available, I certainly will connect you with them or them with you, and maybe you guys can work something out. Uh, we're just trying to kind of help them out. But we are certainly thinking of our friends at Genteel Apparel. Great people. They've been great partners of ours. Uh, they are just rapidly growing as a company, and through no fault of theirs whatsoever, they uh, have been thrown a curveball. So. It stinks, but they're trying to get back going as quickly as they can. And if you happen to have uh, something that you know of, um, let me know, please. The bum deal. 
That sucks. At first, though, you were like, we're not going to hear from them anymore. I was like, are they out? I was going to rip the shirt off Hulk Hogan style and be like, no! we're done with them. But no, no. no, we're still good. We're still good. Okay. Okay. Do not rip that shirt. Hey, Dad, take good care of it. You may have to wear it for a little while before we get the next batch of new stuff for, for you. I will slow down and... the weight loss. So no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. We will. Uh, <laughs> We're going to go get a pizza, guys. Let's go. Um, yeah, They're probably not so. open anyway. Yep. Um, and if you're curious about size, like uh, somewhere in the twenty to 30,000 square feet range is what they're looking for. Could potentially handle less space than that. Could potentially deal with more space than that, but that's kind of the ballpark they're looking. So I saw I saw your tweet about this. I was going to make a like a cross one joke, but now now you've given me the whole story. So no, no, not quite the same. Uh, okay. Not quite the same thing. All right, <laughs> Mike says the tad pad should be available. They need, they need one with a roof that that's that, that's good. Oh, they can't stop! Tad stop! Tad stop! No good. Stop. Dwayne said, are they going to have a big sale? Uh, I don't know, Dwayne. Right now they can't even get to their merchandise because it's like emergency management has shut it down. So, uh, David Ripley says, didn't hear the square footage they need. Yeah, twenty to 30,000 would, would be good. It's not necessarily a permanent home that they're looking for, but they're just trying to kind of find a space that they can operate out of immediately and then figure out what the next steps are. So. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Thanks for uh, indulging us. I, I might mention that again in the 5 o'clock hour as well, just so uh, different audience, people kind of coming and going. Want to help them if uh, if we can, because they certainly have been a, a great partner of ours. We were talking about those games. Borky, is the, is the Buffalo-Kansas City game the one that yeah. you are most looking forward to this weekend? Absolutely. And then I, I do think that the, the Baker Mayfield story, too, going into Detroit could be a really fun game. They're playing well, really talented on defense. And, and what an interesting story Baker Mayfield is. I, I mean, in Cleveland, didn't work there because nobody works there until they finally got a higher right, but has bounced around the league, has been in L.A., has been in Carolina, just hadn't worked for him, hadn't worked for him replaces Tom Brady. Think about the role that he had to fit in in Tampa. Replaces Super Bowl winning greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, with his reputation and his track record in the NFL, having to replace that guy, and he takes them to a division win and a playoff win. What a cool story that is, I think. And you know, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan in the world, but still, I... You're never out of it, you know, until until you're truly out of it. And he wasn't, got his chance, and, and took advantage. So uh, the Bucks are, are going to be a, a tough out for Detroit. I think that game could be really close and a lot of fun. The receivers uh, for Tampa are really good. I mean, there's talent all over that field. Them kind of being in the position that they're in is fascinating when you consider what they've got. But still, that if you think Detroit's just going to blow them out, I think that another thing's coming. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think I agree with that. I think Detroit's winning the game, but it, it, there are people that are like, oh, they're just going to cruise right through Tampa. What a great draw they got. Uh, I'm not I'm not convinced. Did the Texans have a shot with the Ravens? Absolutely. I mean, it's a massive spread, nine-point spread in that game. This is the but, NFL playoffs. I mean, yeah. stuff can happen. Stuff happens every year, and yeah, everybody's got a chance. Especially, 
What I what I'm interested in is, is two of these games where you have the big underdogs, you have these promising, interesting young quarterbacks. You know, the Packers, Jordan Love, who, you know, week four or five, again, you know, we were too early with the ah, this guy. They 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 made a mistake there. And now he's playing at a really, really high level. And then you have C.J. Stroud, who you know should easily will easily be the rookie of the year, and will probably probably get some MVP votes. And looks like a franchise quarterback. You know, sometimes early in a, in a quarterback's career, they get a win that maybe they're not supposed to get, and it sort of sets them on that trajectory. And this could be the, a game for one of those guys where we look up and go, "Oh gosh," you know, that was sort of the starting point of a of a long career for them. Houston's playing with house money, too. I know the NFL doesn't look at it that way, but they're not supposed to be in this spot yet at all. So, I mean, losing this game, I know the the players and stuff will be disappointed, but if if you're a Texans fan right now and you, you go up to Baltimore and you even play well, and then you get you have all this draft capital and the roster, the age that your roster is, and then apparently they're going to have uh, the opportunity to have a ton of cap room to go get some free agents if they want them. I, I know that there's going to be one receiver available out of New Orleans for the right price if they want to go get him. I mean, th- there's an opportunity for them to really become like a, a power in this league regardless of what happens this weekend. So it's kind of a house money game for them. They're not supposed to be here right now. Not this year. Not this year. No. I mean, it. So, so a team that does a good job with extensive draft capital over a two- or three-year period should be able to build themselves into a playoff contender if it's managed properly. But you expect that to be a couple of years after that two- or three-window where they kind of built, 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 and, okay, now they got the quarterback in place, and now they got both sides... It's like this is on on fast forward for for Houston. And and so what a great starting point. But there's also no guarantee they get back to the same spot they're in this year, next year. Which is why you have to take advantage of it. But you know the the question that I ask about the Texans-Ravens, similar question for Packers-49ers. Do Jordan Love and the Packers have a chance in San Francisco on Saturday night? Let's talk about that coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming in supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We're back with you right after this. Listen up. Sports Talk Mississippi is back. Yeah. Supertalk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. You get a message on the ceasefire text line. That says uh, our friends at Pearl River Resort and the sports book have the Texans plus eight and a half, Packers plus nine and a half, Tampa Bay plus six and a half, and Kansas City plus three. Let's see, how does that compare? All right, so they've got Buffalo as a three point favorite. 
They've got, what did he say, Tampa Bay, six and a half. All right, so that lines up with ESPN. Uh, nine and a half on the Packers, that lines up. And then the Ravens are an eight and a half point favorite there. So pretty close, pretty uh, pretty close. Good information on, on that front. Hey, so the same question I asked about uh, Texans-Ravens. Do the, do the Texans have a chance in Baltimore? What about the Packers? Headed to San Francisco. Saturday night game. Niners 12 and 5 this year. Packers 9 and 8, but hot. Ooh, are they hot? And coming off a really, really convincing win over the weekend. Do the Packers have a shot? I feel like they have less of a shot than the, the Texans do. I feel like the 49ers are just a little bit better team. Overall, I feel like it's weird. Like the, the, I like the Ravens quarterback better. Lamar Jackson is the better quarterback, but everybody also like the 49ers a little bit better. I just feel like they have talent at so many positions. Um, so that's going to be a tough one. But again, Jordan Love's hot right now. You know, he, he's riding the heater right this second. So went into Dallas and, and they dominated. I mean, if they go into, if they go into San Francisco and dominate, then we're, we're, we're talking about something, something happening in Green Bay. That's big time, but I, I just don't see that happening. I think the 49ers get this one. Borky Green Bay started the year two and five. Yeah. They they beat the Bears, lost to Atlanta, beat the Saints, and then they lost games to Detroit, Las Vegas, Denver, and Minnesota. And they were down seventeen to nothing in the third quarter mm-hmm. to the Saints, and then Derek Carr got hurt. Mm-hmm. And that that was that. that I mean, that. yeah, they were they were really bad uh, from the start. Unfortunately, though, for uh, for the Packers in this game, uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are not on the other side of the field, so a <laughs> uh, oh. l- little bit more of a difficult task for them this week. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose you are uh, you're right. Yeah, the Forty ers have a longer Super Bowl drought than the the Cowboys. They made one, uh, you know, a few years ago. Didn't win it though. Uh, with a certain coach that uh, is currently the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, I believe. For now. For now. For, for At this moment, yes. For now. The story we'll get to uh, at, at some point in the 4 o'clock hour, because I've got a billion. I sent you guys probably like eight college football fix links. Uh, just mm-hmm. well, We could just go through them. One of them is fascinating, because Jim Harbaugh, after the national championship game, said, we're innocent, and we proved it, or whatever he said. They're negotiating with Michigan, and in his negotiations, I think he's admitting fault to the sign-stealing scandal. So, Hmm. we'll we'll tell you about that later. Just another reminder also how much we love the interview process in the NFL. The, the, The Los Angeles Chargers put out a tweet yesterday that said, we have completed our interview with Jim Harbaugh for the head coaching vacancy with our franchise, or, or something along those lines. It was it was, it was something. So, um, there you go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Division round weekend is fun. It, it, usually the football is pretty high level this weekend. Ho- hopefully. That is the uh, that is the case as we go through the uh, the games this weekend. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line. We remind you that 
Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays was a rousing success. The uh, the skating rink left about a week ago. It will uh, will return around Thanksgiving next year, but another great year uh, for the businesses in and around Oxford and that were uh, part of Holly Jolly Holidays to keep up with everything going on in Oxford as we roll toward the spring Go to visitoxfordms.com or follow along on any of their social media channels. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at visitoxfordms. That's visitoxfordms. So we will get to some of those college football stories when we come back for the uh, 4 o'clock hour and kind of start to work our way through those. Borky's right. I mean, it's it's like a link dump, and there are a lot of things that are happening. You got stuff that's happening in the transfer portal. You got stuff that's happening with coaches. You've got a head coach who is choosing to take a demotion. But is it actually a demotion? We'll discuss that when we come back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi is back. This is it. Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Supertalk, and of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thank you for being with us. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resorts, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. A couple of 18 hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, and they are waiting for you. You can plan your trip, book your tea time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. At DancingRabbitGolf.com, part of Pearl River Resort. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Connect and protect. That is the plan that gives you peace of mind as a parent and gives your kid the device that they want. Parental controls available along with uh, a whole lot of instruction on how to use them. Not just they're there, but here's how you use them. Learn more online at Ceasefire.com, Ceasefire. Customer inspired. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. So, Kane Womack, and that's a name that you probably recognized. He spent time at Ole Miss. His dad was Dave Womack, and Kane was GA at Ole Miss when his dad was the defensive coordinator. He followed Tom Allen to Indiana. I think there was a stop before that, but it was with Tom Allen in Indiana. He was defensive coordinator there. 
and then became the head coach at South Alabama, where he's done a good job in a, uh, a short period of time. But Kane Womack is leaving Mobile. He is moving north in the state of Alabama, leaving a head coaching job at the University of South Alabama to become the defensive coordinator at the University of Alabama on, um, on the new staff there. What is your immediate reaction to that? Leaving a head coaching job at a smaller school to become a coordinator at one of the biggest brands in all of college football. I mean, at the end of the day, if you could get a job with less responsibility but more money, wouldn't we all take that? <laughs> I mean, we would all take that, right? Uh, Not always. It's a, it's in, in most most instances, I, you're going to go like I got to do less but get paid more. Yeah, I'm in for that. Um, I know we're not huge fans of him on this show, but I thought Dan Wolken had a good tweet last night. He said, "Technically, Alabama and South Alabama play for the same championship. In reality, they do not." And then that's just the truth of this matter, where your head coach is willing to take a step down because somebody else can give him more power. And in reality, more publicity for his next head coaching job. I mean, what gets a, if Alabama comes out these next couple of years, puts together some elite defenses and, uh, wins a national title versus winning eight games, nine games a year at South Alabama, what puts Kane Womack in a, a power five head coaching job quicker? It's, it's, I feel like it's, it's the former there. I feel like being successful at Alabama would, would probably do that. I mean, look at John Sumrall. He he's had great success at Troy, but he's at Tulane. He he bumped up to Tulane. He's still not at a Power Five school. So that, that I mean that, that tells you something about the the sport that we love. That there's, it's deeply flawed, but maybe that's why we love it. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point, and it also within the Power Five realm, it sets you up for a better job there. Yeah. Right. So it's not just John Sumrall going from Troy to Tulane. It's, I mean, if, if John Sumrall had gotten the Mississippi State job and, and his name was, was bounced around and there were conversations there and very well could have happened. He, he didn't. But Kirby Smart, as a defensive coordinator, left Alabama, and went to Georgia. That's got to be what Kane Womack's looking at, right? So another year or two of success at South Alabama might have put Kane Womack in line for Indiana, place where he coached. I mean, I know they just got a new coach. I understand. Um, Purdue, Rutgers, Maryland, I'm just like randomly picking jobs. Vanderbilt, if something happens there. Whereas being a, to your point, highly successful coordinator at a place like Alabama puts you in the conversation for, I don't know. You you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, re- it's relatively yeah. common, or at least not all that unheard of. And, I mean, look at the sample set. Where did Dan Lanning come from? He was defensive coordinator at Georgia. And went to Oregon. Yeah. At the head coaching job at Oregon. Uh, and I mean, I know Oregon and Syracuse are two different jobs, but you didn't have to be a defensive coordinator to get the Syracuse job. 
the guy that was recruiting five stars at Georgia, Syracuse saw that and thought, I need I need some of that. And look at Syracuse's portal hall. Quite good. The the early returns on that risk, quote unquote, uh look pretty good for them. It it puts you in a spot where you get to be choosy about your next job and what that could do to catapult you farther into your career versus feeling like an opportunity comes along and I know that's a hard job. I know that's maybe an almost impossible job, but I've got to take it. Mm-hmm. Right? So so who would be the best example there? It's Mike Elko, right? Mike Elko is the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, chooses to take the Duke job, sees that as a place where he can win, wins, and then gets the head coaching job at Texas A&M. And that happened in a three-year window. Is that right? These three years? Yeah. Yeah. No, two complete seasons at Duke. Yeah, and I said three years right. after he left College Station, he's back there as the head coach. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, for some reason this bothers some subset of, uh, of Ole Miss fans, but l- look at what's going to happen eventually with Pete Golding, whether it be at Ole Miss or somewhere else. His next job is a head coaching job at the Power Five level. That is his next job. He didn't have yeah. to. He didn't have to follow John Summerall at Troy to to get his. Show. He didn't have to do any of that. Pete Golding's next job, whether it be at Ole Miss or somewhere else, will be a Power Five head coaching job. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with those opportunities, no. at Troy. If you want to be a head coach, like I want to be a head coach, you can take one of those jobs. They're always going to be available as as a coordinator at a a big, sexy Power 5 job. And, hey, Dad, have you seen a salary number? I mean, he was making about seven fifty, eight hundred at South Alabama. He was above 800 yeah. So, I mean, this is probably 1.5 at least, right? You would think. At the minimum. Yeah, kind of would think. The minimum, yeah. Could be a $2 million job. I don't know. It's possible. But I mean, so that's what that's what we're talking about there. So he he he's you know he has less responsibility and he two point five his salary maybe. I mean, yeah. Just just take the the optics away of of from head coach to defensive coordinator. Job A to job B. Job B is less responsibility and two point five times the pay. Almost every American would take that job. So the optics of it are, are odd. I get it. But it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It's a good hire, too. Oh, it's a great hire, I think. So, yeah, really, sharp. really good hire for Alabama. I mean, look no further than what his South Alabama defense did to Oklahoma State earlier this year. That's a really talented Oklahoma State team. Went to the Big 12 championship, and look at what South Alabama did defensively to them. Yeah. South Alabama went 22 and 16 in three years under Womack, 17 and nine the last two years, 10 and three last year, uh, seven and six this year, and then got their first ever bowl victory. He's been around the game too. See, I mean, that's the thing. Kane's not just doing this where he's flying by the seat of his pants. He has been around it his entire life and has a great sounding board in his father. Not that he doesn't have lots of other people that he can talk to. But Dave Womack is a genuinely good man. He was a really good defensive. He was a defensive coordinator at Arkansas, at Southern Miss, and Ole Miss, and Georgia Tech. He's been around the game forever, and so it's probably a conversation you have, pops. What, what do I do here? I mean, 
I've wanted to be a head coach. I am a head coach. We're in a good spot in South Alabama. Got this opportunity to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And and then, what do you think? What do you think, Dad? What do you think, Pops? Well, now you got somebody who's been in football his entire life at a lot of different places and has watched it change and has seen how it works to go, well, you know, th- these are the things that you need to look at. And they're doing it again here, Richard, real quick. Bruce Selman reporting they're about to hire Buffalo head coach Maurice Lingston as just a defensive assistant. Oh, wow. Not even as the coordinator. They're bringing in this guy. Alabama is trying to make a statement right this second that we're not going anywhere. That's what they're saying. And by all accounts, Kalen DeBoer is like a really good person, too. Like you, you yeah. People like him and like working for him and with him. Sports Talk Mississippi, we're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Now, now back to Sports Talk Mississippi. And good! What a run! Touchdown! To the end zone, touchdown! To the house! What a start! your favorite part? Did we get Coach O to come in and do that for us? No, because then it would be football. Football. Uh, It is official, boys. Did you you see this? It is officially official. Ross Bjork is going to be the next athletics director at the Ohio State University. Ryan Day is about to have the best day of his life. What do you think, Ryan? Is, Is Sexton Ryan Day's agent? Probably, but if not, whoever I'm his sure agent is is, yeah. is, is is real. I mean, he probably poured himself a little bourbon, just got his feet up, is what is going to watch an introductory press conference and just have him a couple sips and think, you know, when we have our first meeting, it's going to go really well for me. There is, in addition to Gene Smith retiring and being the outgoing athletics director, there is a new president at. Ohio State's name's Ted Carter. He's quoted in this story. He says, Few athletics directors have established such an impressive and strong record of success in athletics in the classroom and throughout the community. The bar is incredibly high at Ohio State, and we have found in Ross a highly intelligent and effective leader, not to mention a fierce competitor. Somebody must be on the private jet right now because Lane Kiffin just retweeted that. (laughs) The... um, the story has a statement from Ross Bjork. Here's, here's what he says. I have been extraordinarily blessed to be a product of college athletics as a student athlete and fortunate to work with so many outstanding student athletes, coaches, staff, and university leaders throughout my career, and Ohio State represents the culmination of these efforts. To be a part of, buzzword, Buckeye Nation, along with its storied traditions and long history of achievement, is a tremendous honor and a welcome challenge for me and our family. I can't wait to get started. He will begin officially on July 1st. He will work with Gene Smith on a uh, transition period. 
Prior to being athletic director at Ole Miss, he was at Western Kentucky. Before that, he worked as an assistant athletics director at UCLA, Miami, and Missouri. You know what this means, though, unfortunately? Texas A&M's finally going to figure it out and start winning games in football and in every sport, really. Their money's going to actually start like leading to some victories on the field. If, if precedent tells us anything, Texas A&M's about to figure it out and start being really, really good. You're just saying that Keith Carter really figured it out post-Ross Bjork and got Ole Miss moving in the right direction? That, that, that's what appears to be going is that on, your one yes. plus one equals two? Yeah, and then you look at Texas A&M and they... Yeah, but, but hold on now. Texas A&M is kind of... Um, they've tried this a lot and it hasn't really worked for them. They yeah, but they the never had Ross Bjork work for them. Yeah. Well, well, who are they bringing in? Promote from within. <laughs> just, yeah. Hi, do they have a former basketball player on staff? It works. Alex Caruso is still playing in the NBA, so I don't know. Get Caruso in. That's the only. Robert Williams still in the NBA? I don't know. Who will Texas A&M hire to be athletics director? That's a great question. They go the South Carolina route and hire Slosnagel, or the former Mississippi State route, hire John Cohen. That seems unlikely. Everybody's leaving Auburn at this point. Maybe Cohen's looking for a way out, too. Mm. Sure, he realized, i got to work for this guy? No. They lost 700 defensive snaps to the transfer portal today, by the way. Just more exodus there. It is bizarre. Um, somebody says, no one hates their ex-employees more than the Ole Miss alumni. Actually, hold on a second. That's not true. Now, it may be for some. I do not dislike Ross Bjork. I have never once said that I dislike Ross Bjork. I like Ross. I like his wife, Sonia. Their boys are seem like great kids. But that doesn't mean that you can't question some of the decisions that he made and look at some of the things that happened in his tenure at Ole Miss and frankly, some of the things that happened in his tenure at Texas A&M and go, wait, why? why? Why are you hiring this guy for one of the probably three or four best athletics directors jobs in America? And he had a top ten job. Might have had a top five job. I, I, I don't know. Also, State fan on the text line, what are your thoughts on John Cohen? And then get to Rick Stansberry after uh, after that. Hey, that who? Isn't there another AD that you seem to have not so fond memories of? Yeah, there's more than one. But yes, uh, we can talk about Larry Templeton if you like. But you truly can't deny what has happened at Ole Miss since Ross Bjork left. I mean, I know, like, like Hey Dad's buddy Bunky Perkins was joking, but also dead serious. After after Ross Bjork leaves, Keith Carter plays hardball with Mike Bianco's contract. Baseball wins a national championship after that. Football hires Lane Kiffin. And, and for some reason, there's this narrative out there that, that Keith Carter didn't want to hire Lane Kiffin until Glenn Boyce told him to. Uh, Richard, you may be able to tell me different. That's not how I understand it. That, that Keith Carter was told to hire Lane Kiffin and he didn't want to. I, I That's not how I understand it. But anyway, 
He hires Lane Kiffin, and they win a bunch of football games. And they're recruiting at a high level, and football is great. They just won the Peach Bowl 11 games the first time ever. And then they they hire Chris Beard through all of the, the stuff that came with it, and they are 15-1 and one in basketball. The women's basketball team made the Sweet 16. <laughs> Look at Ole Miss Athletics after Ross Bjork left and what has become of that institution thanks in large part to his replacement. And, and I feel like the facilities improvements have not been talked about. Now, that a lot of stuff's kind of been put on pause, but they just opened a, what, $40, $50 million redone Manning Center football building, the Archie and Olivia Manning, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. And they're building a new softball stadium right now, and they've done massive improvements to the men's and women's golf facility and more are coming there. And there's a baseball renovation on the horizon. And at some point they'll get around to football as well. But the head coach himself is like, eh, let's hold off on the let's hold off on the football stadium. We're good on the stadium. It's fine. We need to we need to make sure that the, the funding is coming where it, it needs to go, where it's priority. Point B, look, I think in athletics director circles, Ross Bjork has a pretty good reputation. And look, I, I think there are a lot of people that work at Ole Miss who go, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff there. Like, there's some things that probably should have been handled a little differently at the end. And with the NCAA... But, by and large, Ross is a good guy. He is an honest guy. He is a truthful guy. And so I think that counts for something. Matt Luke's contract also was a a, a difference between Keith and Kiffin and Bjork and Matt Luke. Matt Luke was forced on Ross Bjork. Hiring him was not his fault. The contract, though... The fully guaranteed no mitigation clause in the buyout thing, that's a problem. That was a problem. Well, I know for a fact why Ole Miss did the contract they did. They said if this is the route we're going to go, then we're going to treat him like an SEC coach. We're not going to treat him like somebody that we think isn't going to make it. And that's the reason they did the contract. Now, in terms of salary, that's fine. The, the buyout stuff, yeah, that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, the sal- salary's not the issue. It's the what happens if this doesn't work and we fire him thing. That they didn't have like that internal conversation. Yeah, not not having a not having a mitigation clause in Matt Luke's contract was a mist- a leadership mistake. And there's, contrast there's no that question. with Zach Arnett's contract at Mississippi State. They didn't even have an AD at the time; had an interim with the, yeah. one of the coolest names you, you can hear. And that contract allowed them. Wasn't it Brett? Wasn't it Brett Hayden? Mm-hmm. Bracky oh, yeah, Brett. Yeah, Bracky Brett was the interim. Bracky Brett and Dr. Cannon put that, that contract together. Yeah, Bracky Brett, the, a great, just an outstanding name, but that allowed them to move on after one year. They didn't have to stick with it because they wrote the contract the right way. Yeah, you're right. Wonder if they learned anything from, or if they, you know what I mean? Like if they had that example of better not do what they did. We could be in trouble conversation, or they just 
did that without the inspiration. Ross Bjork is going to another place where budget is not an issue. They have a large one. A lot of money at uh, at Ohio State. And no in-state rival that your alumni are going to complain about all the time to you. So Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We're back right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi to the junction in the grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Glad to be with you this afternoon. A couple of messages on the uh, C Spire text line. Bob and Pontotoc says, I think part of the reason they took care of Matt Luke was because he was an Ole Miss guy. And not just an Ole Miss guy, but the guy that stepped in and kind of stabilized things when they were really uncomfortable and awkward and bad. So maybe there's some truth to that. Also, we get a message that says, concerning upgrades and facilities under Keith Carter, the Pride of the South Band recently cut the ribbon on a new turf practice facility. A number of band alumni made financial contributions, but that didn't happen without some help from Carter, Glenn Boyce, and the Alumni Association. It's a little thing in the big picture that won't get a mention on your show. Yeah, well, we're mentioning it. But it's another major thing on the list of accomplishments for the university. I feel like someone, someone else's contribution to that was, is not being mentioned here. Didn't didn't you contribute? I, I didn't give any money, but I I arranged for some money to to be to be raised for that. Okay. I would See, like hey, my I would like my. Hey, Dad is for the band. Go go band. Go band. Yeah. They make college atmospheres go, man. It's a really nice facility too. I, if you haven't seen it, it's it's. Really You're welcome. Nice. They have a a new place. I do wish. That they hadn't cut down the trees right there behind the center field wall for the baseball stadium. Didn't they say that we were going to plant some new ones? Um, you can talk to somebody else with that nonsense. They're not. Going I mean, to? sure, plant. Well, yeah, sure. They're going to plant seventy or eighty year old oak trees. I mean, you plant some oaks that eventually will get to seventy or eighty years old. I don't know. James will enjoy him with his grandkids. Yeah, exactly. Now we're we're super into hockey right now, so I guess we're going to Boston University. So that's what we had to do this morning when it was fifteen degrees. Had to get his his little hockey stick that had got him at a hockey oh, game. Oh, you're still talking about James? I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no. Oh, hey, James that, hey, that implied he was going to go there. Yeah, no, he's going to go play hockey somewhere. And the the thing that he like loved the most from the hockey games was guys getting hit into the boards. And so it's 15 degrees this oh, morning, yeah. and I'm not going to tell him no, at least not for a few minutes before I had to avoid us getting sick. And he made me stand against the wall outside so he can 
check me into the boards and then turn around and hit a slap shot. It was so much fun for about five minutes until we both almost froze to death. But th- that's what we're into right now is hockey. And I don't know if you knew this, not much hockey in Mississippi. So I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Take him to the coast. Oh, oh I mean, for him to play. Oh, this oh, is a club no, to play, team. yeah, you're just... Yeah, so to state, but you're just sort of out of luck on youth hockey, I would imagine. I, yeah, I, I I could be wrong. I mean, there's a gigantic volleyball center that just popped up out of nowhere in Ridgeland. I mean, one day I'm driving through Ridgeland, and the next day it's like, oh, there's a gigantic volleyball facility just somehow, like overnight, just grew out of the ground. So maybe there's hockey here. Gorky, you may need to steer this another another direction. I, I get the impression that being a hockey parent is not a small investment. I, uh, a couple of weeks ago when I landed in St. Louis, I was walking to the, get on the shuttle to the rental car place, and there was an entire hockey team there, and they all looked like, you know, high school-ish age kids, young high school kids. And man, they're all in their uniforms, and they had, this wasn't a school team, this was a, you know, like a travel team. So, you know, you got travel baseball, you got travel softball, travel soccer, there's travel hockey as well. So just just find you one of those leagues and jump right on board. Yeah, yes. You you better find one more job while you're at it, though. Uh, maybe I'll start driving DoorDash. There you go. Yeah. I know somebody that makes like like she'll put uh, her and her husband will put their kids to bed, and one of the two of them they both do it. Just like if hey hey babe it's my night, like I'll I'll make sure the kids are all good. She'll go drive DoorDash and make like three hundred bucks in a night. So. I kind of need to get into that, I think. Here you go. A little walking around money? Yeah, no doubt. It paying for my uh, hockey travels now. A little folding money. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's that's exactly what you uh, exactly what you need. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Dwayne and Brandon says that you can start a hockey league, Borky. There is a particular... There's a uh, there's an impediment to that. Do you have a hockey rink that is available yeah. to you for said team slash league? You couldn't be any worse than Gary Bettman, though. So that's a good start for you. True. <laughs> I played hockey going up. We had a uh, ice hockey, uh, youth ice hockey program there for a while, but uh, I played until it started interfering with uh, football season. I loved it. Hey, Dan, are you aware of today's date? Uh, it's January 16th. Do you know what one month from today is? Yeah, it's it's opening day. So hopefully it'll be about uh, 58 degrees cooler than it, or warmer than it is outside. Here's hoping. One month from today, college baseball's opening day is here. And the preseason top 25 from D1 baseball is out. And we're slightly less excited about it than we have been in years past. Because um, neither Ole Miss nor Mississippi State nor Southern Miss is in the preseason top 25. They did have Ole Miss with the number 7 ranked transfer portal class, but that was not enough to... Jump them into the need top to, 25. Need to get Kiffin on baseball, evidently. 
Get you, up and get you up to number one. Well, there is a lefty that uh, that Kiffin recruited that's probably going to see some innings this year in baseball. Yeah, so. I'd imagine, yeah. I mean, he got him to reclassify, for goodness sake. So, preseason number one, Wake Forest. So, really good was it last year. What was his name, the pitcher? Is it Louder, Rhett Louder? Mm-hmm. That's who I'm thinking of? He's gone, right? Is he back? They've got dudes on top of dudes. Okay, okay. That's a good... I mean, that program has sort of come out of nowhere. Like, four years ago, Wake Forest wasn't a thing in baseball. They were not. And then last year, they were really the best chance to stop LSU. And now this year, preseason number one. Yeah, they blew it. Could have saved us all. Massive investment in baseball at Wake Forest in terms of coaching staff... And you heard the story last year during their run in Omaha, their run to Omaha, what they had invested in in their pitching lab and their hitting lab, and it's just um, it's really impressive. And uh, so D1 Baseball writes, despite the departure of stars like Rhett Lauder and Brock Wilkin, Wake Forest has some of the best returning talent in college baseball, led by Nick Kurtz and Josh Hartle. Bolster that returning core with the nation's top-ranked group of transfers, highlighted by former Tennessee fireballer Chase Burns and Team USA Dynamo Seaver King. Oh, I remember the Rocky Top meltdown after he left. Yeah. Yeah, why would he do that? This doesn't make any sense. This era is terrible, blah, 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 blah. So Wake Forest is the preseason number one after finishing number three a year ago. Florida. Preseason number two, which is where they finished last season. Arkansas, another year where big expectations for the Razorbacks. Uh, They are the preseason number three team in the country, followed by LSU at four and TCU at five. Six through ten, you got Vanderbilt. They finished 19th last year. Oregon State, Texas A&M, who was unranked at the end of the season. Tennessee and Clemson. East Carolina at 11. Duke, NC State, Virginia, North Carolina with a run of ACC teams. That takes you through 15. Texas 16, UC Santa Barbara. Is that the uh, the Gauchos? Is that correct? Is that right? The Gauchos from UC Santa Barbara? I believe 17. that is correct. I will double-check for you, though. The Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina at 18. It is the Gauchos. Alabama at 19. Iowa at number 20. You know, it's going to be funny. Or maybe not funny, depending on your perspective, I guess, but... Um, Iowa's going to come to Oxford as the higher-ranked team in that series. Mm. Really good rotation, apparently. Texas Tech, 21. UCLA, 22. Northeastern, 23. Looks like their mascot's a Husky, I think. Kansas State, 24. By the way, all five of those teams unranked at the end of the season a year ago. And South Carolina, 25. Look, briefly looked at Northeastern just to see if I was missing something. Kind of feels like a cute pick from them. Okay. They're Kendall doesn't know prices. enough about them to, to hate them just yet. So we'll, he'll get there, though. Don't worry. Uh, preseason top 25 rankings compiled by Kendall Rogers, Aaron Fitt, Mike Rooney, and Joe Healy. So those are the guys that uh, put together that top 25. College baseball in a month. 
Can't wait. I don't feel like we're counting down the days hey. to it like we have in some recent years, but uh, we'll be ready oh, when it gets I started. wonder why. Uh, I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi. Maybe I do. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi. at the uh, top 25, D1 baseball top 25. College baseball season starting one month from today. So SEC teams in the top 25. Florida at two. Arkansas at three. LSU at four. Vanderbilt at six. A&M at eight. Tennessee at nine. I guess we're not counting Texas yet. Alabama at no, 19, no. South Carolina at 25. So that's eight. Yes, they'll be in the, the, the SEC for 2024. Thank you. But they are not currently yet in the SEC. Hey, did you guys know that next year Texas and Oklahoma will be in the SEC? I just said that. It's yes. an incredible Yes, thing. that is. Yeah. We broke that news yesterday on the show. Starting with the 2024-25 academic year. Right. The University right. of Texas in Austin and the University of Oklahoma in Norman, th- those, those schools' athletics programs will be competing athletically in the Southeastern Conference, which is headquartered on uh, Richard Arrington <laughs> Boulevard in Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. Got aspirations. Try next to the Texas Day Brazil, and not far. Uh, not certainly far. close to the top golf and protect yeah. the stadium. Yeah. Well, those are right near each other. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that there was a Texas Day Brazil there, but is that where you ate before the uh, the Garth concert? No, no, I ate there for my birthday one year though. Did you go to Birmingham specifically for that? Yes, it was my it was my uh, my forty uh, fifth birthday. Oh, so it was a big one. We we didn't we didn't do anything big for my fortieth birthday. It was a milestone, yeah. So for my fiftieth, I don't know what we'll do. I got another year to worry about that. Oh, what are the possibilities for fifty? I don't know. WrestleMania? I can't. I mean, that's that's in March though, March and April. I mean, it wouldn't be around my birthday. So yeah, but but you could get. I mean, I I could just go to WrestleMania. I'm not talking about a gift, though. I'm talking about, like, you know, where I would want to go with my family. What's the date? The 30th of November. I need, uh, I need, I need, uh, Keith and, uh, and Zach to go ahead and and get this egg bowl off of the 30th of this year. I I, I can't deal with an egg bowl on my birthday. I I can't deal with that. I don't, I don't want that. You don't want your birth. Because it could potentially be ruined by the outcome. Well, there's that, and I mean, just it's just a stressful day. You just don't want to deal with that. Need no stress on your birthday. 
No, I like to be stress free. You look at you look at your birthday as kind of a special day and not just another day, right? I mean, we just go to dinner. It's not like I'm, I'm asking to be waited on hand and foot or anything. It's his princess day. No, stop it. Father's Day is my princess day. Father's Day is the day I don't do jack around the house. No, I think that's what they used to call it, the, the princess way. I dated a girl in college who her birthday was not a birthday. It was a princess week. And no, I don't miss her at all, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> princess week. Whole week. Had to celebrate something about her birthday for seven consecutive days. Yep. But the birthday wasn't the last one. Oh, no, no, no. We had a birthday, and then the day after the birthday, to nurse the hangover from the birthday and continue to be pampered because of that. So it was five days, birthday, and then one more after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was high school or college? College. Hangovers in high school. <laughs> I mean, hey, not been there, but... Not, uh, not suggesting, no. Um... Super Talk text line, 601-879-4395. By the way, uh, Tennessee up double digits on Florida at the half. They're up 12 at the half. I think it was either 44-32 or 46-34. But anyway, Amanda Pike County says, that sounds like my ex-husband, Porky. <laughs> well, maybe they'll find each other, Amanda. <laughs> he had a princess day. Sounds like you want to be treated like a princess a little more than... Father's Day, I like to be, you know, waited on. But my birthday, I mean, it's usually during the week. Buddy, for my birthday? anyway. Like Uh, five out of seven years almost or something. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Depending on the leap year sometimes. Might mess it up. This is a leap year, by the way, right? Don't we get the extra This is a leap year, yeah. Look at us. Yeah. I got a friend who was born on the 29th, so I think he's uh, seven this year. In reality, he's like 30-something. Why does it have to be February that gets an extra day? I mean, of all the months. It's a good question. February generally is a month we're ready to end. It's cold. It's gray. You know, baseball started, and we've had 70 on opening day, but then it, like, reached down and slapped us in the face with a 35-degree and sleet day, you know, for, like, week two. Uh, February did not need an extra. Like, September or maybe October should get an extra day. October's got way more redeeming qualities than February. I'm with you. I think it should have gotten an e- June. An extra day in June. Like 31 days in June instead of 30. Nobody can ever remember 30 days anyway. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Boom! Are you ready for some football? On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV with you rolling into the 5 o'clock hour on this Tuesday afternoon. Great to be with you alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort studio, Pearl River Resorts, the home of 
great food, live entertainment, entertainment, incredible gaming opportunities. When it's a little bit warmer than it is right now, water park, two 18-hole championship golf courses, and, of course, the sportsbook, the Golden Moon Casino. You can learn more about Pearl River Resort, their website, pearlriverresort.com. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. Again, give them a call, 601-879-4395. So let's just jump in. Let's do it. How about a little college football fix? College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. All go to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Um, Scott Strickland says Billy Napier is not on the hot seat. said it's news to him that Napier enters year three on the hot seat. Doesn't pay mind to the idea either way. He says, quote, I don't care. Doesn't matter. It's a made-up term. He told this to the Orlando Sentinel. People can put them on whatever list they want. It has nothing to do with reality. I believe in Billy. I believe in him as a person. I believe in him as a leader. I believe in him as a coach, the way he evaluates people. I just believe in him. He's a guy who, if given enough time, he's going to be successful. First of all, if you are Billy Napier, glad to have Scott Strickland as a boss, if that is truly how he feels. Second of all, it's great that Scott feels that way. How do the Bull Gators feel? Bull Gators is the term for the largest contributing group to is their Is that really what they call foundation. themselves? They're Bull Gators. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awesome, actually. I don't hate it. Not at all. Not at all. But, again, the people who are significant contributors to the school's financial needs um, also have an opinion and that they might actually believe in the term hot seat. What do you make of this? I think he's on the hot seat. Well, okay. I th- sometimes maybe it's difficult to tell somebody else is on the hot seat when you're on the hot seat. And I think that's where Scott Strickland sits as well. I think you want Scott to be on the hot seat. It doesn't matter what I want. The guy hired a football coach. It didn't work out. They had to fire him. He's hired another football coach. It's not working out. They're going to have to fire him. You don't get to get a third football coach when your first two screw up. You don't. That's according to Brian Haydad, at least. <laughs> Give me an athletic director that's hired three bad football coaches and kept his job. Now I'll have to get back to you on that. I still I, mean, I can say Larry Larry Templeton, but yeah. Bothered him when I saw him at Rosemary Beach. I should have bugged him. I didn't, and I regret that. He just seemed like he was having a good time. I would have spoken to him. I wouldn't have bugged him. And it was right as the uh, Texas and also, Oklahoma so. thing was happening, so I could have been like, Hey, Scott, what do you think about Texas joining? I bet his answer would have been different than Ross Bjork's, but um, I I still regret bothering him. Now, what's funny is I keep talking myself into thinking that Florida's going to be a quote-unquote surprise team in the SEC, and by surprise, I don't mean they're going to win 10 games and go to the Sugar Bowl. 
if that's even a thing anymore. But people are predicting three, four wins. I'm not totally convinced it's going to be that bad. Experienced quarterback. I mean, Ron Roberts is a heck of a hire paired with what they already had there on the defensive staff. I, I think that Florida's going to be better than people think that they're going to be, which is a, a dumpster that's just not on fire is better than what people think they're going to be. But still. I disagree with you. I think they're going to be a complete dumpster fire and probably only win like four games. I, for, we had a, a question today on the rumblings on Thunder and Lightning that at, made us look at Florida's schedule, and I really looked at it. I was like, I think that they may only win like four games. You know, I, the back half of that schedule is brutal, and then even in the front half, I mean, are they going to go five and zero against Miami, Samford, Texas A and M? Mississippi State, and there's another one in there. Uh, Central Florida, they're going to go five and zero in that. No, I don't think so. UCF game is tricky. It's tricky, that's and with C- like, KJ Jefferson there, that's a guy who can go into the swamp and win. Yeah, Did it this year? He's no John Rice Plumley. Well, yeah, you know. Go ahead and play piano tomorrow. You see, UCF fans are hot, by the way, that Plumley is uh, wearing both an Ole Miss and a UCF logo at the Hula Bowl or whatever scouting bowl that he's playing in. Not happy about that. Really? I actually respect that a lot, frankly. I, I, I think the opposite. And if you're like uh, an Ole Miss fan that sees a former Ole Miss player that's also wearing the logo of Indiana or wherever they transferred, I don't think that's a problem. If they have fond feelings about both places they attended school, then represent it. So be it. If you transferred like three times and were at four schools, would you like put all four? Do it all. Yeah, all on both else? sides, too. But like, in Chances both- are you don't have any fond memories from anywhere if you did it transferred that many times. True. Do you remember the, the old All-Star games where the I mean, maybe this still goes on. I just haven't watched a college all-star game of any type. But you remember what, like watching the blue-gray game where they would all trade out helmet stickers? Yeah, they still and, like, do. They'd yeah. go out there and they'd have like 17 different school stickers on their helmet? Yeah, yeah. Love that. That is still a thing? That is still a thing. Yes, it's still a thing. When's the last time a college all-star game was on TV? They're all on TV. Oh. Yeah, Senior Bowl's on TV. Yeah, uh, Senior Bowl. I guess I was thinking about that differently. But I don't think I've watched that in years either. Yeah. And in Plumlee's case, too, like the, the, to the angry U- UCF fans, it's not like he, quote-unquote, wanted to leave Ole Miss. It's just he realized he wasn't going to start at quarterback, wasn't going to possibly not start in baseball either. And so what do you want the guy to do? I don't know. I just His situation is why I like the transfer portal. And there's guys... That that give you reason to not like it, but in Plumlee's case, he he did well at his previous school, got recruited over, and got the opportunity to go play and play well somewhere else, and maybe he can chase his pro dreams. I just I, I don't I don't think it's all bad when you look at guys like Plumlee that get their opportunities uh, to to play when they weren't going to play at their previous school. Doesn't bother me at all. Jim Harbaugh is meeting with NFL teams about coaching jobs, specifically the L.A. Chargers. That happened earlier this week. And is also engaged in discussions with Michigan about a contract extension that includes 
unusual termination clauses should he choose to stay in Ann Arbor. Harbaugh is seeking language that would grant him immunity from termination from any finding or sanction that could arise from multiple current NCAA <laughs> from multiple current NCAA investigations into the football program. You, sir, have been charged with lack of institutional control, says the NCAA. We, gentlemen, will not terminate this coach, says the University of Michigan. Why? We need contracts uh, we like put that. A, we put a clause in this deal. Yeah. No matter what FCC investigations are made into us, we cannot be fired. Brian Haydad is currently being investigated on multiple charges by the FCC. When I say multiple charges, I actually mean multiple incidents. And uh, he's trying to renegotiate his contract with Supertalk Mississippi Media. Appears to be a sticking point in the negotiations in which he wants <laughs> immunity clause in there. from all charges or findings by the FCC. I also want the Kane Womack clause of less responsibility but double the money. Jimmy Jim Sexton is really going to have to help me out on this one. Jim Harbaugh is also seeking a delay in the start date of the new contract to maintain a lower buyout that NFL teams would have to pay Michigan to hire him away. Buyout in his current contract drops from $2.25 million to $1.5 million on January 11th. Michigan is trying to increase the buyout to $4 million in the new deal. What? It must it must be a thing where if an NFL team hires you and you have a buyout, you you must have to pay the buyout yourself. Right? Cuz 4 million dollars is not going to be prohibitive for the Los Angeles Chargers if they want Jim Harbaugh to be their coach. Sports Talk Mississippi. There's more in this. We'll we'll talk about it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. I mean, it feels like Jim Harbaugh really, really wants to have his cake and eat it, too. So he's been charged with a level one violation for allegedly becoming less than forthcoming with investigators when questioned about level two violations that happened in 2020 and 2021. And they are investigating allegations of advanced scouting for the purpose of sign stealing that involves former staff, staffer Connor Stallions. He was suspended three games at the beginning of the year by the school, three games at the end of the year by the Big Ten. And then he won the Big Ten championship game and a semifinal and the national championships. He's trying to push Michigan into a corner and not have his new contract start until February 15th so that the NFL hiring cycle can continue. He wants a penalty matrix in his contract that says if he gets penalized in the future for any NCAA violations, This is what he will be fined by the school. And he wants immunity from any violations he can't find. And, oh, by the way, there's one other thing. 
He wants his boss not to be able to individually or unilaterally fire him for cause, but rather in the event that his boss, the AD, Ward Manuel, wants to fire him for cause, he then has to present that cause to a three-member arbitration panel that serves at the will and pleasure of the president of the university to determine whether he should be fired for cause. This sounds like the most innocent guy I've ever heard in my life. Never heard of anything that makes me think this person didn't cheat more than what I'm hearing right now. Only an innocent man would ask for these kind of provisions. What's the what's the president's number at Michigan name at Michigan? Is it Ono? Is that right? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Oh no is what Sonny he's Ono. gonna say when he finds out that the Chargers have hired Jim Harbaugh. Is it like Santa Santa Ono? That's right. Santa Ono. I've asked you this before. I don't think you guys have caught up. You, you've it's watched Suits. brother. You, you, haven't, you haven't watched Suits, right? I have not I've watched, watched Suits. Suits. Okay. I have not watched Suits. All right, Borky, so tell me if this makes sense. Jim Harbaugh is Harvey Specter. He colors outside the lines. He gets in a little trouble. He makes a lot of people mad, but the man delivers results. Ward Manuel is Lewis Litt. Ultimately, Harbaugh's boss, but with little control, certainly with little ability to control him, most of the time furious with Harvey slash Jim, but some of the time he kind of loves him, like when he, I don't know, wins a big case or wins a national championship. And Santa Ono is Jessica Pearson. She's the big boss who puts up with Harbaugh slash Harvey's crap because he's a bit of a rainmaker. Yeah. He wins. But in this case, Harvey was loyal to the firm always. Harbaugh's looking to get out of there. And in case he can't get out of there, he wants some assurances if he's forced to stay. Yeah, I feel like Jessica would tell Harvey, you, you you can't have it both ways. You go if you need to go, I'll support you, but I'm not keeping your seat warm. Yeah. Still, I I liked I enjoyed the show, I liked the show, but uh once you discover that Mike is this like genius, instead of lying about him passing the bar and faking him going to Harvard Law School, just send him there. Yeah. You've got all the connections in the world. Just send him there or but any the pro- law school and, and change your policy because he's a genius. But the problem was, if they did that, they would be admitting that they hired a fraud and that would be a, a stain but, on their reputation by which they didn't by which they didn't think they could recover. Yeah. But right away, the second you know, just send him off. Plot hole. Drives me nuts. Yeah. But you know, you gotta turn your brain off sometimes when you watch when you watch those shows. It's a good show, though. I, I enjoyed it. It's when we uh, got introduced to Meghan Markle, who just wants her privacy. Hey, Dad. Privacy. <laughs> privacy. Just wants her privacy. Leave me alone, hey, hey, I write I was my about, book. I was about half a season into it before I realized that's who it was. Really? And so I liked her character before I realized it was Mer- Meghan Markle. And I was like, eh, and then you didn't like it? 
It ruined no, it it's just you. like I can't like reverse just because of who she is now. It's like, you know, not to actually be friends. Sure you can. Yeah. Yeah. Wendell Pierce, her, her dad in the show, Robert Zane, big Saints fan. And Dusty Moreland. Dusty and Hulk goes with a different analogy. He says it's like a murderer petitioning for the motive, weapon, and body to not be admissible in court. <laughs> exactly. None of this is admissible. Why? Well, because it makes and, me look And why? Bad. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do nothing. But every time you kept saying the last name Ono, I was thinking of Apollo Ono. You remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Skater. Who could forget him? I mean, that's another little speed skater. When, Blades, uh, right? Yeah, man. When the mm -hmm. Olympics were like the, those, and maybe they still are in some circles, but I feel like we have lost our way on like appreciating Olympians anymore. Like they just, they don't, the, the Olympics don't rate well anymore. The, it's only like the gymnasts and then everybody else is just kind of forgotten. What's your favorite winter Olympic sport? Speed skating might be mine. Curling. I will watch curling. Oh, come on. I will. I, will watch I actually curling. do. I watch it. Well, that's fine. Ski jump. I mean, like, like sport that takes athleticism. I watch every American Ski hockey jump. game. Ooh, good call. Good call. The Super G downhill. Hockey is Yeah, I, I, I want to see those guys flying through the air. Yeah. The speed they're all like, in which... No, 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 that was two different events. You were talking about jumping, and then I went to the Super G, which is downhill skiing. Oh. Where they go really, okay, yeah. really fast. Like, unfathomably fast. Yeah. What's the... Uh, what? Uh, not not like, bobsled. Like What's the other Miller's one? Domain. What, what? Yeah, what, what, oh, what is it called? Skeleton? Luge. Luge. Skeleton. Luge. I, yeah, I will watch Luge. Isn't Skeleton the single man, and uh, Luge is the uh, multi-person? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I believe you're correct. Yeah, man, I watch those. The, those guys I like bobsledding too, though. The, yeah, the, the skeleton guys—they mm -hmm. got nothing Crazy. on uh, on me on that sled today in the park. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing. So Robbie Ashford has transferred to South Carolina. If he's playing quarterback, you're going to beat South Carolina next year. Whoever you are out there, started out in Oregon. Transferred back home to Auburn. Now he's headed to South Carolina. Committed to Ole Miss at one time, right? He committed or just recruited? I think he committed. Was that a... Who was recruiting you? Freeze? Maybe? That Who sounds knew? right. Freeze ultimately Maybe ended not. with him and his... No, it was not. It was Houston Nutt, yeah. No, we can't go back that far. No, that can't be right. That can't be right. Yeah, it's got to be Freeze. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talia Tangavailoa, or as Borky calls him, Little Tua, has declared for the NBA or the NFL draft. Yeah, Robbie Asher, by the way, might not even start at South Carolina. He's going into competition with Lenoris Sellers, who's huge, by the way, built like a defensive end. It's like 6'5", 250. Spencer Sanders has shown us the way. Get your NIL. Don't do anything. Hmm. Get your money. I don't know if South Carolina's paying what Spencer Sanders got this year, but they might. Probably not, but, you know, it's all relative. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of stuff here. So Talia Tungavailoa declares for the NFL draft. 
uh, because he tried to get a sixth year of eligibility and was told no by the NCAA. And the reason he was told no was because he had no reasonable argument to get a sixth year of eligibility. Unless, if he really wants to stay in the NCAA, then he needs to be the guy that we've talked about a little bit. He should take the NCAA to court and sue them for um, suppression of the ability to work, suppression of the ability to earn a living, and then say, do you want the players to be employees or not? No, we don't want them to be employees. Then why are you imposing restrictive measures against their ability to make income? Normal students can stay in school for longer than whatever. Talia, I mean, you want to do it. You really want to keep playing college football? Sue them. You'll win. It's the equivalent of a non-compete. Yeah. So. Guys like him are interesting to me because you look at at NFL quarterbacks. Now, C.J. Stroud is, is an exception, of course, but there are a lot of guys having success that were not like your surefire first-round picks. Who in this class could end up being that guy that's not going number four overall that flourishes in the NFL anyway? Hmm. Good question. Bo Nix. Ooh. You like that. Sports Mm -hmm. Talk Mississippi. Mark Wise will join us. SEC Network, ESPN, college basketball analyst, coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Florida and Tennessee playing in the first of four SEC basketball games today. Tennessee leading at 70-51 to with nine and a half minutes to go in the ballgame. Borky, Dalton Connect is really, really good. He is 11 of 17 today, 4 of 4 from behind the arc, 5 rebounds, has an assist. He has scored 29 points in the game to do. I do is also uh, playing well today with 18 points in the ball game. So just another day at the office for Dalton Connect. And I think the first time his name was mentioned on this show was a few weeks ago when we uh, we talked with uh, with Mark Wise, who's a college basketball analyst with ESPN and the SEC Network. He joins us now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, Mark. I think everybody is seeing what you were talking about back in late November, early December, and that is just how good Dalton Connect is. 11 of 17, <laughs> 4 of 4 from behind the arc, 29 points, and that's with nine and a half minutes to play. Yeah, I mean, I got to see it uh, firsthand last Wednesday night at Mississippi State when he single-handedly brought them back in the game. They weren't able to finish the deal because it was too much Tolu Smith and too much Josh Hubbard and D.J. Jeffries was so outstanding on the defensive end. But that's the one thing that I think Connect gives Rick Barnes that he has not had in the last four or five years, meaning uh, a game is tight, and they're going to go to that high pick and roll, and they're going to let him create. They're going to let him 
be the decision maker, the score, the assist guy. They're going to put the ball in his hands, and more times than not, he's going to deliver. So what that means then, Richard, with nine minutes to go, did you say nine minutes to go in the game? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so in the last three games, he's gone for 28, 36, and 29 with nine minutes to go. He is ready for the next level. He will play at the next level. He is the best offensive player at Tennessee since who? Wow. Uh, maybe Allen Houston. Okay. If you're talking about just pure offense. And now, that's don't, tell Ron, don't tell Ron Slay I said that. Okay, oh, don't so. tell Ron Slay I said that. Slade knows that's the case. He knows it. Whether he wants to admit it or not is a different thing. Um, well, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Auburn sitting at 3-0, and 14-2 right now, playing at a really, really high level. And yet, I mean, people yeah. know who Janai Broom is, uh, know maybe right. a couple of their other players, but they don't have a roster that's full of household names either. No, they again, I just had them uh, Saturday uh, against LSU where they built a 28-point lead and, and then somehow um, almost gave it away, if that's believable or not. The game was 28 points with 11 minutes to go, and it was nine points with five minutes to go because LSU went on a 21-2 run. Mm-hmm. But back to Auburn, they come at you in waves. they got 10 guys who legit play 15 minutes or more. Janai Broom is playing fewer minutes and is more efficient this year. What I, I, I'll tell you who you're really going to like. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces to the puzzle. But the freshman, Aiden Holloway, plays with such poise at the point, and he and Donaldson split that, and they both got marvelous assist-to-turnover ratios. Matter of fact, I think it's the first time in his career K.D. Johnson has a positive-to-assist-turnover ratio. So, um, you know, they come at you at ways, they're relentless, uh, they're going to jump at you on ball screens, and they just keep the bodies fresh. I'm going to see if I can set this up where it makes sense. I'm going to hand you $1,000. I'm going to hand you 10 $100 bills. Okay. Uh, you, you have two stocks that you uh, will be purchasing with the, this $1,000. Both of them... Okay are trading at $100 per share. The two stocks are Ole Miss and South Carolina. How many shares are you buying of each? You have to spend all $1,000. Yeah, I'm going to buy – that's an easy one for me to answer. I think Ole Miss is significantly better offensively. Um, And with that being said, I like the offense over the defense. So I'm going to put 700 – I'm going to take 700 on Ole Miss and 300 on South Carolina. But I've had South Carolina – in person, I've had them a couple of times. They're legit in terms of what Cooper gives them at the point, which allows Michi Johnson to play off the ball. B.J. Mack is a tough cover as a stretch five. So they're significantly better. Ole Miss is significantly better. I think it's one of the two of the reasons why this league has, I think, is as deep as it's ever been. So, Mark, something interesting happened on Saturday. Um, South Carolina wins in overtime against Missouri in Columbia. It was a really good win for South Carolina. Michi Johnson had his worst game of the season. And um, the the head coach, Lamont Paris, for South Carolina, you know what he did with Michi Johnson for the last five minutes of regulation and for overtime? Tell me. 
he sat him on the bench. Right. And he went he went right. with the hotter players. He took the best player on his team, who's a top five scorer in the SEC, and he put him on the bench. And Michi Johnson well, didn't he, pout. He was in the huddle. He was encouraging his teammates. I just thought it was a really fascinating dynamic and not something that I think a lot of coaches would do. Well, I'm going to give you another example because uh, the LSU comeback that I referenced in the Auburn game at Auburn, what a wonderful environment. I personally think Auburn has the best home court environment in the league. Um LSU, uh, Matt McMahon set Jalen Cook with 16 minutes to go in a game, didn't, didn't play him again. Oh, wow. Now, he'll have to be significantly better tomorrow night against Ole Miss, but uh, he didn't play him, and, and LSU went on that 21-2 to run without him. So, you know, again, when I say our, coach, our, our conference has never been better, our players have never been better, they've never been older, but the other part of that, our coaching has never been better. Yeah, and you really look one through fourteen, and then you think about the uh, the other two teams that are coming into the league next year. It is a uh, it's an incredible group. Mark, wh- what's going on with Arkansas? Yeah, it's a great dynamic. It's a great question. Um, you know, here's the one thing I would tell you is Mus has proven has proven over the last two or three years that he can figure it out, but. When he comes out publicly and starts talking about um, uh, there's some disconnect with teams in the past and this one, you know, Richard, there's a lot of um, good with the transfer portal, and I also think there's a lot of unknown. And if you get too many guys that are into the portal and you're not able to convince them about the we and they're much more concerned about the me, then you run into problems. Yeah, and when when Eric Musselman first got to Arkansas, we were we were hearing the stories of the things that he was doing in the off seasons and these strange rope drills and whatever. And right. it it takes a little bit, right? I mean, that you you've got to buy into yeah. the system and play the way right. that that he coaches, and it does not feel like he's getting that buy in. And look, that was not an inexpensive transfer portal class that Arkansas had. They invested heavily in this roster. No, there's no question about that. I mean, uh, Khalif Battle is one of those double-figure scorers off the bench, and not everybody has that. So, um, you know, Trayvon Mark, who's been injured, Brazil is back now. I mean, they have uh, certainly a lot of pieces. Now, I don't think this is his beefiest team or his toughest team in terms of block-to-block, and I think they miss some people. Uh, and he's certain, they've certainly put guys in the pros. I don't know that they have a pro on this roster. Who's the team from the SEC, Mark, that is most likely to make it to the Final Four? Oh, gosh, you're not going to ask me that, are you? I am, No, um, but I'm, 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 not, I'm not going bracketology on you. I, I'm saying based on what you see from the – I'll throw them out, out at you. Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee. Which of those three yeah. do you like most to make that kind of postseason run? Well, when in doubt, go with the best player. So I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee and Dalton mm-hmm. Connect, who can deliver for them offensively. Um, but ask me again in five minutes, I might give you a different answer. I have I have Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, and Tennessee in some order in Tier 1 of the league. And then in Tier 2, gosh, there's another five teams that you can jumble up. So, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an 18-game 
one game at a time, and I know that sounds cliche, season. But I think this season you better approach it that way. Do you have fun with your travel day today? Uh, you know this is <laughs> Uh, you know the answer to that. Uh, this is my second consecutive Tuesday. I didn't land in uh, the Golden Triangle last Tuesday night until after midnight. And today, that, I couldn't get out of Florida. And today, I couldn't get to Baton Rouge. Flights canceled. So now it's on to New Orleans, and now I'm driving from New Orleans to Baton Rouge. So to answer your question, hell no. Planes, trains, and automobiles. You're the best, Mark. Safe travels it's to glorious. you. It's our Good to catch up. life that we lead. That's right. It, it's fun when the light goes on, though, and the game actually starts. It's a passion that I love. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Richard. Mark Wise, college basketball analyst, the SEC Network and ESPN. He will be in Baton Rouge tomorrow night for Ole Miss and LSU. We're back with you after this to wrap things up in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Last time with you today on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to have you along for the ride, 75-56. So, Borky, Florida has at home a near win, super close loss against Kentucky. They got blown out in Oxford. They go back home and... They beat the heck out of Arkansas, and then they go on the road today, and they get blown out by Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee and Knoxville is going to be, I mean, almost impossible. Almost doing a lot of heavy lifting there, but... Yeah, you're right. And I think Florida, like, you really want to get Florida on the road. Yeah. As opposed to playing them in Gainesville. It appears as if they are a different team at home. But it has it has not traveled on the road so far. And uh, Connect's now got 33. Ooh, jeez. At least uh, they're both, uh, at least one game is behind both Ole Miss and State from them. You've watched more SEC basketball than me. What's Kentucky like? They're really talented. Really talented. Um, and they're doing things a little bit differently this year. Right? I mean, they. I, I heard part of a conversation that John Calipari was in today, and he talked about kind of going back to this summer. Um, I think it was Shea Gilgis-Alexander who was at a practice that they had while they were doing like a trip to Canada. And he watched, and he said he walked up to him, he's like, Coach, Every guy on your team can dribble, shoot, and score. He's like, it wasn't like that when I was there. 
And I think Cal took that as a pretty big compliment that they have built a roster that's got a lot of good pieces. I love Reed Shepard. He's a good score. They got a bunch of good pieces. But I don't know what they are yet either. Right? I mean, you, you, you look at Kentucky overall and yeah, they're off to a two on one start in the league. They're twelve and three overall. Um I don't know, man. I, I did it feel like the I mean Tennessee's elite, obviously. Kentucky's quite good, Auburn's quite good, but after that, who who's who's the fourth best team in the SEC? Alabama. You at least so? right now. Yeah, Mark Sears is a star. And then they got other pieces. Who's five? But then? I don't know. I'm not going to make that, you go but, all the way to 14, but no, no. I mean, I, I pretty good argument for Ole Miss. You have one right now, and I think Georgia's in that conversation, and South Carolina's in that conversation, and Mississippi State's in that conversation. I think, yeah, and maybe Texas A&M as well. But but those are the teams that kind of make up that next group. And then LSU certainly better than they were. I don't know about Florida for sure. Again, I think they're better at home than they are on the road. I, I don't know if Florida is good enough to be an NCAA tournament team or not. When I saw them early, I thought that that was going to be kind of like a bubble team. Missouri is taking a step back this year. Arkansas is a disaster. Vanderbilt has been a disaster this season. So, so it's really those three at the bottom. And then after that, I think everybody else is pretty good. I, I don't, I don't, are we going to end up with a bunch of nine and nine teams when it's all said and done? Probably. Like, like a bunch of teams that just beat up on each other. And is that going to be good overall for the league? I, I don't know, man. I really don't. So, I do think it's going to be fun, though. You know it's going to be fun. I mean, there's something, too, looking at this list of games and going, I don't know how they're going to play out tonight. Missouri at Alabama, I expect Alabama to win. Georgia at South Carolina, I have no idea who's winning that basketball game. Texas A&M at Arkansas, kind of feel like Texas A&M has weathered the storm. But good grief, do the Razorbacks have their backs against the wall? Yeah, it's so early, but is that, I mean, that's kind of like a must win for Arkansas. I mean, it is, except for the fact that last year they went 10 and 8 in the league and they were like 1 and 5 to start and then played better and yeah. got hot in the NCAA tournament and made it in the Sweet 16. So, I, man, how this all shakes out this year, I do not know, but I think it's a pretty fun year for SEC basketball. Well, especially when we, the collective we, are involved. That's right. That's absolutely right. And we are. Hey, don't forget, if you're looking for a new Ford vehicle, check out Belk Ford on Highway 6 West in Oxford. Everything's been snowed in. You hadn't missed out on any deals when you can get to those vehicles. They've got the best financing rates available. They will take care of you. And a great selection on the lot. Visit them online, belkford.net. Or more importantly, stop by and see them in person Highway 6 West in Oxford. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good night.
a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 